Welcome, welcome, dear podcast listeners, to the third episode of Dueling Mic Sabers. And we have a very special guest with us, Stephen Marshall. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Stephen is the man, and we're excited to have him. Very excited. So, yes, can I just say that that's the coolest name ever, Dueling Mic Sabers? I think that is all Roy. I kind of wish I had come up with that. <laughs> Roy, that, is, that cool is Roy, came up with that name. And after a lot of thought and deliberation and pulling from like three people, we thought it was the best name to do it. Yeah, what were some of the other names that we had? What was it like? Um, a, let's see. We had like Indiana Solo. Yeah, Indiana Solo. Indiana Solo. We had Yoda's Front Porch. Yeah, Yoda's Front Porch. Nice. And, uh, but we felt like doing Mike Sabers was the best one to like describe what this podcast is about. Because so, Yoda's Front Porch, that just sounds like you're just, what are you even talking about? Yeah, you're in a swamp somewhere. <laughs> Like eating Dagobah lizards, who even knows, you know? So, and that stew that he makes in Empire looks really gross. Hey, but Steven, we we were in the MBA program together, and we talk with him a lot, and he's hardcore Star Wars nerd. So, he's certified nerd. He has like probably 10 Star Wars shirts. I feel like every other day you wear one. I think so. So, he's qualified to be here, guys, and, and, and listeners, and we're excited. Excited to have him with us today. Yeah. So uh, just go over today's show. So we're, we always do our top three segments. We're going to go over supporting characters. And so we have a list of ones that we eliminated from this list because depending on where they are in the different TV shows or movies, then they don't really count as supporting because they're main. And then we'll go. We have to talk about the final episode of Rebels because that was. Oh, yeah. What that added to the Star Wars mythology and how that tied the whole show together. And I feel like even adding to the Clone Wars is pretty remarkable. Uh, and then, of course, we have our maestro moment. And then our main topic of today is we're talking and dissecting A New Hope in very different uh, kind of it's categories. So, four, so. Baby. It started it all. Yeah. So, okay, let's do our top three. Yeah. Roy, you want to go first? Yeah, so we just listed off, like, what are... Who's out of this conversation, right? The main characters. So everyone else is fair game for a supporting character. That being said, we're excluding villains. Because that's gonna be a top three dark, villain. Dark side, right? Dark side we're throwing out because we're possibly gonna do a top three, you know, dark side users in the future or evil characters. So uh, this was really tough. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know who to choose because I, there's so many great supporting characters. Qui-Gon Jinn is one of the, is a great one. He's in my honorable mention list. Um, he's in my list, so that's perfect. Yeah, that's great. Okay, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's such a good character. But I put um, Yoda is in my top three. Oh, yeah. Characters. And it's, like, it's kind of cheating because he is he's kind of a main character. But when you think about Yoda, you think about we're bringing back like the old sage – the small hermit that's just this guide, this spiritual source for our main character, for our, our hero that's going on this journey. And so with Yoda, they did a lot of risky things. And that's why I, I think he's such a good supporting character. Number one, they puppeted. Yes. Like, and it, did, it was really tricky and it did not go well in while they're filming. I mean, they thought this is going to be a huge failure. Yeah. Because it was really difficult to have him move around. And then they had the whole set high rise for him. I mean, they had to build Dagobah. Um, the surface really half the floor because you, I mean, you had Frank Oz yeah. doing the, you, you have the biggest like movie ever made. Right. And then you're like, okay, we're going to have to come hit it hard with a sequel that just kills it. And, and you're like, that a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no CGI. No CGI. Yeah. 
We're going to base all of this. We're going to put all of our money on this little green puppet. And, and then we're going we're gonna to make him talk funny, right? Yes. We're going to get yeah. a weird voice. And, and laugh like, at things. How many times have you guys seen lately, like in movies, where they try to give people like funny ways of talking? Like they did it with DJ in The Last Jedi, like a little stuff. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. It didn't really quite work for me. They, they do it so many times, and, and the majority of the times, it doesn't work. It fails. But with Yoda, it's like, dude, I don't think, like, his way of talking is probably the most quoted out of Star Wars. Have you guys seen his concept art when they were developing the character? I think I have. I mean, he just, he literally, he had the, he was, he, he looked very skinny and he looked like, like, um, like a, a green, uh, three foot tall, really scrawny character, long limbs. Yep. He, he had really, really big ears <laughs> and like he had this goofy looking hat. Yeah, like, like an elf, like yeah. a green elf. And looks like Dobby. I don't hear Yeah, that's a great explanation. Yeah, it looks like Dobby. And it would not have worked, I feel like, with that. Mm, like Dobby. I love. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I mean, the, the look of Yoda, I feel like, really adds. I mean, he looks very wise. And it's funny because the, the creator of Yoda, they were really having a hard time deciding how to make his facial features. So he just put him, the creator was in his 70s, I believe. Yeah. So he just basically put himself in Yoda's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it, it's guy. just, he looks very old, very wise, very gentle. And so it was a really, really, I think, was a perfect look for But how awesome was it in Attack of the Clones when you saw Yoda, like, oh. throw oh. out on yeah. and flip Amazing. all over the place? Yeah. I mean, that's, no that puppets was, involved there. No. no <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite parts of Attack of the Clones. Because yeah. so, in some ways it's so unexpected, you know, he's walking around with this cane yeah. when we first meet him, he's this small guy, and then all of a sudden he just throws oh, down. So yeah, just goes to town, and then he still then goes back to his cane and kind of hobbling, exactly. yeah. Yeah, like, there's so many things they did with Yoda where they just, they walked on the line that they needed to, like, they, yeah. they found balance perfectly, in that, like, he, it's such a silly voice, yeah. but it's such, like, a powerful, like guiding voice for the whole star wars universe. well and he is a thread through the whole through everything right he's in the prequels he's in the clone wars he's in rebels yeah. he's in obviously the original but he's also now appearance in the sequel exactly. like he is the connecting thread and to see his evolution and change through all the experiences that he's had to see how his view on the jedi on the force has adapted because of right. the follies of the jedi i think is really interesting to right. look at well, now let's let's not take too much away from uh, from R two D two and C three PO. The comics, right? I'm gonna throw R two in for top my three? top three. Okay. Yeah, for supporting characters. Hey, yeah, and I like it. Did you couple them together? I coupled them together and I counted well, them. As can one. you separate them really? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, you one can't. One movie where they're apart. I so mean, they're in your top three. Talk about yeah. Why are they in your top three, Steve? Well, I mean, the the whole thing, the whole saga is from their perspective, right? I mean, yeah. And they're just, um, I mean, we see CC3PO being built and growing and, you know, as he develops over time. I mean, I think they're great characters and um, it's it's cool to see their consistency over time, like how they're the same as they've always been in all these different situations. But at the same time, you see them grow and change. Yeah. And like, you know, they've been through the Clone Wars, they've been through the um, uh, Imperial Civil War and now with the First Order and everything, and they've, they've seen a lot. Those are some tremendous characters. Oh, how there. they grow up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and even R2. Notice how R2 looks so huge now. They put him next to BB-8, and it's like, he grew up. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Because <laughs> <laughs> before, R2 was like this little droid. He's yeah. not little anymore. You have BB-8, who's like a little toddler. Uh, that's I don't know. true. Dude, but talk about risk again, right? Like, oh, yeah. To start out this movie and be like, we're gonna put it on these two little droids' shoulders yep. to like own this movie in the beginning, yep. and they killed it. And like, 
the little banter between the two of them, and it's like, dude, how are you gonna make us love this character that we can't even understand? And then the other one's like this annoying butler voice, from like, <laughs> yeah. and we just love them, you know. They're sometimes. great to carry. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's funny. So you bring up, the, that's your number one. And I'll swing back at you. My number two, uh, not my number two, but my my number three, who's also in my top three, is BB-8. Oh, I yeah. just think BB-8 is like the coolest thing ever. Like, my son loves BB-8. Everything yeah. to him is BB-8 when it comes to the droids in the Star Wars. You, do, you, you turn a soccer ball into a droid, and then you like have him be your companion on this. Oh, and the special effects behind it, too, is amazing. Oh, it's, it's, it's stunning. I don't, I don't feel like I could say much more than that. And then, like... The, the thumbs up, like, uh, yes, the thumbs up. Uh, what is that? Was one of the best moments in Force Awakens. Comedic piece in Force yeah. Awakens. It's like one of the best moments ever. Because were you expecting that? No, no not at all. And it, it felt like it fit too. Yeah. Like it, well, it didn't, didn't Ryan Johnson say that the, uh, you know, the famous line, I have a bad feeling about this, that yeah. went to BB 8 in this BB-8. last movie in yeah. Last Jedi. So oh, it did? Yeah. I never like, caught that. Because a lot of people complain that no one said it. And he's like, he did say it. it was just a droid. I was pissed. I was pissed. I was like, Dude, Oh, he said my... that at the beginning when so, they're attacking the. So the very beginning when Poe rolls up in his fighter, right? Yeah. X Wing. And the first thing you hear, did, 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 and then and then uh, Poe goes, "Happy Beeves." He's saying "Happy Beeves" yes. because BB-8 I have a bad feeling about this. Feeling about no it. way! Yeah. I never caught that. Yeah, it's great. We just don't speak droid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. Great. So I just threw out two of my top three. I want to hear you two. Of yeah, these, so I'll um, I'll name some of mine. Uh, Qui Gon Jinn, who I think, if he didn't die and he was the master of Anakin, Anakin would not have turned the dark side. Because Qui-Gon was all about the, the living force and seeing how the force spoke to us, or spoke to them, obviously not to us because it's not real, but spoke to them, uh, and he was not so much concerned about the dogmatic views of the Jedi. I mean, his whole thing was, I don't care what your decision is, it's not what the force is willing to do, so I'm going to go step away from that and do what the force wants me to do, not what you want me to do. And I felt like he would have been much more compassionate with Anakin and understanding and I honestly think if, if he would have known that Anakin was married to Padme, it would have been like, oh, whatever. You know, right. who cares? So that's what I want to do. Whatever. Yeah. And so I, I think he, would be, he was a, a key death into the destiny of, of, of Anakin, the decisions that he made. Well, let me throw in one of mine. I, I want to say original Obi-Wan from the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. Because, Alexander's I mean, he started everything, right? He was when he started Luke's training or anything like that. But... For me, part of the contrast, the, the beautiful thing about what you talked about for the prequels was just seeing him as this brash, young, like, I don't know, unthinking, you know. And kind of arrogant. <laughs> yeah, well, no, totally arrogant. And so then he's the one who, you know, trains Anakin. And you can see kind of how that may have led to Anakin going to the dark yeah. side. Like you said, if quite going to have been around. But we see this brash guy who's supposed to be, you know, the same old sage we knew from later on, uh, or earlier on, depending on how you look at it. Um, it's pretty amazing. Oh, my text, that's Jawas. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, but I also, yeah, going to, to Obi-Wan in the originals, like, like, he's the only, like, we all bought into this, like, this Old Republic lore and, like, the Clone Wars lore, yeah. right? That actually made what was the prequels. And, like, he's the one who sold that, right? Like, we bought into it when he started talking about it, when he gave Luke the lightsaber. That's yeah. one of the greatest things about the Star Wars saga, too, is how they can go back and build on stuff. Like, in A New Hope, we got, like, what, one or two lines about the Clone Wars? Like, yeah. a couple lines, He's right? like, you find the Clone Wars and, and everything, and heck yeah, he did. Like, this is an entire series about all the battles that he went through and all the different things. Like, it was an amazing story. We just catch him on the very tail end, and all he does is pass the baton, yeah. and then he so, sacrifices. 
So is Obi One year one, or is or is a C three PO and R two D two? It's rough. Do I have to order them? I, I think we do. I don't yeah. think we're gonna let you leave. Just I'm gonna stick with R two and C three PO is number, number one, one okay. and, yeah. and Obi One is number yeah. Qui Gon's still my number one. Okay, we'll go into Qui Gon. I, I think he has one of the best deaths in all of Star Wars. Yes, and and his death turns um, the the Phantom Menace into like like a way better movie, right? That whole last scene, and then him dying at the end, just like. It turns it into an epic instead of this like silly movie. Yes, so, I don't know. That's one thing I liked about well, it. Well, it adds the weight you need, you know, where it does seem kind of silly at the beginning with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. And you got this little kid running around, and then you know the one character you really trusted and believe in, all of a sudden he's gone, and it's like, whoa, hang on, things just got heavy, and it, it adds that weight that I think they really needed for that. Yeah, that initial like that. and it made the the counter with Darth Maul and his skill level much, much more uh, interesting. Definitely, he became a much bigger threat. When yeah, and you also see how great of a swordsman um, Obi Wan is because of that death. Yeah, that fight was so cool. Yeah, oh, it was I, so good. Anyway, I would say what's, one, your, what's your second? Yeah, my here? second would be Jango Fett. Now I know Jango Fett Jango doesn't have Fett. a whole. Yeah, here's my here's my my reasoning. <laughs> I'm coming hot at you. What's so, Jango, you know, he's like Boba Fett in the original trilogy, right? Like small little role, um, and a lot of people complain because you know the slave one is like really nice and shiny, worked really beat up. The original trilogy, his his armor's all shiny, where Boba Fett's is all beat up. It's, it's like that whole argument that the, the prequels are too night or clean. Do the guy has paid how much money to live on Camino and get everything new whenever he wants? Of course he's gonna have a shiny ship. Of course he's gonna have all the up-to-date technology and right. armor. He's he's like just this gun for hire who's just making bank, you know? Mm. Where Boba Fett, I think his Django's death obviously impacted him, but here's the reason why I think he's great. Is you see in the Clone Wars how when Boba's starting to get into the bounty hunter, um, you know, occupation, and all these all these bounty hunters respected Django and admired him so much that they're going to help his son basically be one of their competitors because he was so good. And so I think it's like showing without without telling. I mean, there's a lot of insight you get into who Jango was and the power that he had and the skill that he had based on the Clone Wars and how the other bounty hunters treat Boba Fett. So for that, I think, that, man, of all the cool bounty hunters in Star Wars, he's going to get the most respect. you got to be an awesome supporting character. Like, yeah. And even though it's not on screen, I think no, I want to hop in there, though, because Jango is actually my number three. Okay. I want to talk about why. Because Your boys like mine is exploding for the wrong reasons <laughs> I'm right now. I'm looking at the of list of possible people. supporting characters. <laughs> and you guys show up to this freaking podcast <laughs> and say Django Fett. I might kick you out right <laughs> Because Django Fett, not only everything Darren said, but Django Fett is also the template for all the clones. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we can get into how each of the clones are. Oh, was and he helped train them. And he helped train them. But I mean, everything that the clones are, like that, and, you know, they're deep down the things that they want to be and how they want to contribute to the you know the good of the galaxy and everything i really think a lot of that comes from Django. oh clear clear clone wars fans right here guys oh dude best thing is star wars i mean you look at people like rex who you know apparently made it all the way through to return of the jedi yeah he's the old man return of the jedi spoiler alert from uh rebels finale yes it was a theory is way before i spoiled it 
But um, but I mean, a lot of that came straight from Jungle Fett, right? And so I mean, I think that's huge. It makes yeah. that's the game changer that he was the chord and his influence. Even though he died so early on and seemed to have so little influence, like that goes all the way through to the end of the original trilogy, and all because of him. I yeah. think it's huge. And do you see that maybe there's actually good in him because of the yeah, where we think of him as you know this bounty hunter, but yeah. he had a son. He wanted to raise that son. I mean, there's something in there. Yeah, I mean, all the work he went to, you know, as part of his deal to get a, a clone for himself so he could raise yeah. him and he wanted to be a father. I mean, he was more than just a bounty hunter, and I think yeah. that's Dude, a, My eyes have been opened, movie. but here's the thing, <laughs> is I'm on board for this only because he's Maori, he's Polynesian, Yeah, you know, the actor, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I... I I'm on board with you guys seeing, now. Seeing you try to like understand our point of view. Yeah, it's is... I'm like, what's going? Because here's the thing: is, is, is I've already shared like my top three, but I, but I, like we haven't even talked about Chewbacca yet. Like, uh, are that's you true. kidding me? Like I think I think we're gonna get shut off on iTunes because we didn't mention Chewbacca. Well, are you mentioning Chewbacca? Well, I've already like shared my top three with Yoda, C3PR, oh. 2D2, and BB8. But Chewbacca is like, I mean. He's probably the best one. Oh, I yeah. I had Lando's right? mind, but I could switch to Chewbacca. Okay. Chewbacca. Lando was your third? I thought Lando was my third. But Chewbacca, when you think of like how hard, I mean, he must have known Ben mm-hmm. Kenobi, or uh, Ben Solo, right? Yeah. And to shoot him, one, to feel like the betrayal, not only Han dying, but that Ben who he knew. You're talking about Ben Solo. Ben Solo, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ben Solo, so Kylo Ren. So that think of like the anguish that Chewbacca has gone through when not only his best friend died, but also that he knew Kylo Ren as a kid. Yeah, must have so under, then to like, and you wonder if he shot him to try and kill him or just shot him out of frustration, but but knew still this is, you can't kill this person because That's it's Han Solo's yeah. son. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, That's deep. He probably he probably helped raise him, right? Yeah. 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 I bet he did. How much time do you think Ben spent on the Millennium Falcon with Chewbacca and Han flying around? Probably a lot when he was younger before he went off with Luke. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's, that's a cool thought that you're bringing that up. That is pretty right cool. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get some of that in the next uh, TV series they make. Uh, I would love that, yeah. So have we shared all of ours? Is there any yeah, other? I think so. I just yeah. want to throw in one last thing about supporting okay. characters. Because yeah, yeah. it makes it really hard to choose them. Like you said, like Lando and Chewbacca and even like Greedo or stupid Jar Jar Binks. It's like they're supporting characters because they're made, they're brought in for these pivotal moments, right? And so every one of them is important somehow. They're not just there to be there. And so it's really rough. I mean, you look at Lando, like what would have happened in the Star Wars universe without Lando Calrissian, right? Like without even seeing Solo yet, you know? Um, just what he did in Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. So I mean, he's a great character in Rebels. Oh yeah, no, he's he's great everywhere. Lando, yeah. Lando was the first attempt by Star Wars to have proper representation. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I just think they're all great and they were really brought in with a great purpose. So it, it was rough for me to choose. I'm kind of surprised we a lot of us ended up with some of the same people. Yeah. yeah. So so listeners, what are who are your favorite top three? Um, supporting characters, let us know. Email us. Get a hold of us. We haven't given you information on how to get a hold of us. That's true. But figure it out. We should start a Facebook page or something. Um, a Twitter. Really, you're dedicated. You'll find so, so You'll hunt us down. <laughs> Darren, take us into the next. Yeah. Segment. So uh, Rebels review. Um, all I can say is, so I think overall. Full spoilers here. Yeah. Full spoilers. If you want to know, then we're going in. Fast forward. So I still think Clone Wars is the better overall TV show, but I do think Rebels, when it comes down to like quality uh, consistently, mm-hmm. Rebels beat Clone Wars. And in that last episode, 
really demonstrated that because unfortunately Clone Wars couldn't end, right? Like it was canceled. Um, they started doing some stories and books of comic books, but didn't really have a fitting conclusion. And so well, unless you count maybe as Revenge of the Sith, but still. Uh, but Rebels, I mean, seeing how the progression of Ezra tying in elements that happened in season one and season two, and now like opening up to the other possibilities and other stories they could tell. I mean, that was a, oh, yeah. a amazing series finale. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then Kanan and oh, I'd, Ahsoka, anything. Ahsoka yeah, Ahsoka. Rebels. Yeah, Ahsoka's great. So I personally loved it. I think if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to watch Rebels. Uh, the mythology adds to the Rebel Alliance, to even the Force and the possibilities with the Force. I think it's a must-watch. So I, I, I think the finale was very satisfying, and I would say it's one of the best episodes that they did. I'm actually going to say, if if you haven't seen Rebels yet, then I'm taking away your nerd card <laughs> for the time being until nerd you can catch it. Well, just, okay. just finish Rebels, and then you can have it back. Yeah. That's, that's all there is to it. But I love Rebels because it's so... Like, it's very different from Clone Wars because of the way they planned it out. I mean, Disney buys Lucasfilm, right, in Star Wars, and then one of the first things they announce is Rebels. And uh, from start to finish, like, they knew where it needed to fit in the canon, you know, what's the purpose it needed to serve. Yep. I think they had a really cool, you know, beginning, middle, and end, and like you said, threads that were able to be completed from Clone Wars, yeah. as well as, you know, carried through to the series finale, which were beautifully done. Um yeah, it was just a very different beast than, than Clone Wars was. Than yeah, because you're around was... the same characters the whole time, right? Where Clone exactly. Wars would jump around depending exactly. on what was going well, on. Clone Wars, I think it started off a little bit more as like, I don't know if they're trying to attract kids or something with the first season. You know, I think so. Cartoon. It was yeah. 100%. I think but once so, they got yeah. into the story and it, it found its stride, I think it got so much better. But Rebels from, you know, day one. Day like, one. Locked I can't in. think of any episode like... At the time, they seemed like filler episodes. But then you know they're not. But then at the end, yeah, you come back and you... you thought the whales were filler. <laughs> I did. Totally, I totally I did thought too. the whales were like, That was kind of cool, I Pretty guess. Much every episode about Ezra and any kind of animal having a connection, we're like, okay, get on with the story. <laughs> but that's really freaking important, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so I, I, it was beautiful. And then like, you're thinking, it. why are they in Lothal the whole time? Yeah. Like, what's up with this planet? Exactly. Well, now we know. Like the rebels, story was about Lothal. So here's my thoughts on Rebels, guys. Like... I, I'm like a, I'm a 27, soon to be 28 year old man, like have a kid with my wife and like, I'm in the NBA, I'm, you know, in the NBA program right now and I'm sitting here watching a cartoon and like, I'm like I'm almost about to cry. <laughs> like, like this, this Welcome show, to Star Wars animation. This, show, this show is so amazing. Like yeah. I, I, you know, after watching the finale, I was like, dude, I think I, I throw the Rebel series like above some of the prequel movies, maybe just attack attack of the clones, but it's just, it's like the feelings it evokes in you and going through this journey with these, with these, you know, this pack with Ezra and Kanan, Sabine, Hera and Zeb. Right. And and like, and and don't forget chop and don't forget chopper. I'm not the biggest fan of chopper. I'm going to be honest, but (laughs) yeah, chopper, but there was a great moment when Kanan died. Yeah. He stuck out his hand. That was and actually hold. That was brilliant. Probably the yeah. best like droid sentiment yep. moment, right? But now. that chopper's kind of annoying. But like, <laughs> man, they just they just get you, and like, it's all very well thought out. Nothing's like you know, it's all intentional. Yep. There's nothing where it's they. I mean, I didn't have a moment where I thought that they were being lazy in this whole show, and and like. Think of the beginning shot of the whole series. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. As we're on the tower, on the tower. and the tie fighters go by. Or the star source for one or two. They have Sabine right yep. there in the same exact shot. Yep. And then going back to what you guys are saying about Ashoka, Ahsoka, um, like just seeing her in the Jedi cloak at the end. Yes. Like, it's like, it's just a, the imagery in the finale was amazing. And she looks so 
old. So in the wise. Set, yeah, wise. like the two year, I don't know how many year difference, I mean two season difference, maybe it was three years, I'm not sure, yeah. but there wasn't that much time that took past between her fighting Vader yeah. and then appearing, I, maybe I guess six years. Well, yeah, I don't know. How many years was it? Maybe five? But she looked very wiser and older and that she'd been through a lot, right. which I thought was which, really Which, where the heck has she been? Yeah, that's right. That's and how'd she get off that planet, right? I mean, that yeah, was like yeah, a yeah. Sith planet no one knew about. Yep. How'd she get off Maybe there? She's well, then there's the question like, when did she go back? Because, you yeah. know, that so he pulls her into, you know, the what was it called? The world between worlds. Yeah. yeah. And then she went back through the portal, but she went to the same place. It looked like, was it the same time? Did she miss two years completely? Did she yeah. go back to the moment after? Because she didn't go back to the moment after Vader disappeared, right? Yeah, because yeah. Ezra was there and they couldn't find her. And yeah. so. Um, I think, but that that episode especially just opened up so many things about this. Time. I mean, you've just seen time travel and portals. I mean, that's a game changer right there. And that's what I want to ask you guys. Like, are you are you happy about how it opened up so many things? Because for me, I kind of feel both ways. I'm like, oh, if they create some cool other series I, or books, yeah. that's awesome. But if not, I'm gonna be like, Dude, don't just leave it that open for us. I think it's cool to add to the story of Mortis in the sense that there's this like it's another dimension that's tied to what they're doing and it deals with the force and the force really when they talk about the cosmic force like it it's not just dealing with their where they are in that moment right like it's something else something higher but if they start going back and changing events and going to time like there's i'm a huge superhero nerd i love the flash and i would watch the flash tv show but the Flash would constantly go back and alter time and mess it up and try and fix it. And it just Earth got really, two, yeah, whatever. it just got really redundant and, and it's a kid of worms. Then it's kind of hard. Yeah, to, so all back I think it's well. cool that it's there. I don't I want them to explore that any further. Right. I don't want well, them to I actually go and They try did and alter it carefully time. because the only, like, even the Emperor, who has all the resources in the galaxy, has been looking and looking, and he only found that one temple on Lothal, which is now gone. Yeah. Right. So when and how could they ever find another access point? I think it's a possibility. Yeah. For later on, you know, maybe they can go back and save Han or something, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's not. It's not something that's going to be easy or just you know happen or. Yeah. And they're not going to do it in the movies. I mean, if they did anything, yeah. it'd be in a comic book or a movie or or a sorry TV show or or book. But they they wrapped that show up really well, right? Yeah. In summary, like it, it was it was an amazing finale. Um, the whale's use in it was so cool. Oh, so, yeah. Like, it's funny because it was this dangling thread that you didn't even know was dangling. Yeah. Like, you didn't even think about it. Like I said, we all thought it was a filler <laughs> yeah. episode, and all of a sudden they pull it back in, and that was the solution yep. to everything. It was, it was awesome. Which I really like about Rebels compared to Clone Wars is that Rebels, now we know that everything was very intentional and very planned out. Or Rebels, or Clone Wars was very much, eh, what do we want to do today? No. Yeah, let's kind of let's, let's go, go to this, this planet. planet. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, let's I want to kind of explain why the clones stuff. turned out on the Jedi. Okay, let's do this episode. <laughs> so it was not. It was more kind of. I felt like trying to fill plot holes of the prequels, where Rebels was. Hey, let's just tell a great story, and I'm gonna have it all planned out, and which I really liked on Rebels. So. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Can we can we just wrap up this review with one question? Yeah. Where do you guys think Ezra is? The unknown regions. Yeah, but tell, what does yeah, that, that mean? I don't even know what so, that means, Darren. So, Listen, Darren, I'm not at your level. Okay, so. Tell me what that means. All right. So what happened is Darren Thrawn, said he answered that like he already knew. It okay. wasn't even in question. So there's a new book that came out called Thrawn. It really shows how Thrawn became the Empire. And he's from what they call the unknown regions, where, where the First Order like really set up. So... Thrawn meant Palpatine during the Empire talked about these unknown regions 
And so part of that's canon. That's canon. So yeah. we know that happened. Yeah, we know after, this happened. after this happened. Well, we know that that the emperor knew of the unknown regions because okay. of Thrawn. Okay. And so the, uh, we know from the that the first order when they left Jakku after that big battle, um, the emperor had a contingency plan, and they all went to the to the unknown regions to kind of start over. And so my theory is is. And Thrawn, because Thrawn told the Emperor about the Unknown Regents, they knew where to go and they could, no one would know about them, there's resources there, whatever. So I think, I think that Thrawn and Ezra went to the Unknown Regions personally. And where do we learn about this, Darren? This is super interesting. The Unknown Regions? Yeah. Like so what book is there? From, is okay, so you know about it a little bit from uh, the Thrawn novel, which they're doing, they're doing comic book right now and they also have a sequel coming out soon. And the Thrawn novel ends right when he's introduced in Rebels. So okay. it's really cool. You get more inside of Governor Price. And then you also learn more about the Unknown Regions, at least the, the First Order being out there uh, because of the Visual Dictionary Force Awakens. And then also you learn more about the contingency plan of what the Emperor had for if he were to be overtaken um, in the Aftermath trilogy, which I would highly recommend because the, third, the first book's not that great. Second book was pretty good. The third book really tied into the sequel trilogy and Force Awakens and why the First Order is the way that they are and where they come from. So I really would recommend reading that book. That's why you come to Dooley and Mike Sabres, folks. Darren DeVore is going to give you the I know. I feel like I need to turn in my, yep. my nerd card right now. Yeah. <laughs> Darren. Card. I just highly recommend you actually read this stuff. Just give, really you only get two stars. Darren gets five stars. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay, real quick. We're running out of time. So oh, yeah. we did have a Maestro's Moment planned. And, and all we're going to do for that is, is kind of talk about how Ryan Johnson did something so cool in mm -hmm. the digital release of The Last Jedi just came out yesterday. March, what, 15th? What was it? Yep. Um, 13th, March 13th. And, and he tweeted about it. Go check his Twitter if you haven't seen this. But um, he, he, he put in, it's kind of an Easter egg, but not really. It's, it's yeah. available to anyone. But if you go and you download what's called the Movies Anywhere app. Yep. Um, and Darren told me about this. If you go download the app, you can then watch your digital copy that you purchased of The Last Jedi, you can watch the entire movie um, in a quote-unquote silent version. Yep. So you can watch it without any sound effects or dialogue from any of the characters, and all that's laced across it is John Williams' music, the score to The Last Jedi. How cool is that? Oh, amazing. Yeah. I think what a beautiful tribute to John Williams, honestly. Yeah. John Williams is the man. I'm really worried. John Williams is, he's getting old. He's getting, he's getting old there, you guys. And yeah. I, I don't know what movies are going to be like anymore without John no, Williams. No, I mean, all my favorite franchises. Oh, Star man. Wars, Indiana Jones, you know, Harry if, Potter. If they do episode nine without him, I don't yeah. know if I... Ugh. They are doing, I think he said that's the last one he's doing. R right, I'm saying though, like, what if he does Creek? Like, oh, I like, hope not. <laughs> he doesn't finish it. Come on, John Williams, yeah. stick it out a little he's, bit longer. He's really old. Yeah, he's like, what, 87 yeah. or something? So, so, yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. And how he hasn't retired yet, I don't understand. And not even, like, if he dies, but just, like, what if he's just not able, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. In the next month, something happens. Oh, uh, that would be... I just think it wouldn't be the same. Like, Carrie I, Fisher and him? That That's too in much. In the state that Star Wars is in right now with so much questions, like, I think yeah, that would hurt. The yeah, that would not be good. Anyways, go check that out. It's super cool. I'm saying that, but I haven't really seen it yet. But it's but, gonna be cool. Yeah, and John Williams I mean, is your favorite music cool. artist ever. So. Ever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We have about ten minutes left. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna dive into now. A New Hope, formerly known as just Star Wars, right? Yes. <laughs> yep. We're gonna dive into this movie, Episode Four, the first Star Wars uh, movie of the whole saga that came out, um, and just talk about. Talk about it, how, why we love it. The first question we we'll, we'll want to like look at, looking at this movie is, guys, what makes it so special? 
Steve, you want to start on this one? Oh my gosh, Our honored guest. It special. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. There's a reason that we're here talking about it. Yeah, what, 40 years later? The, it's crazy since that was when we came out. About 40 years. Yeah, I mean, we're getting up there. I mean, this is we're kind of on half a century, right? Yeah. It just it's changed everything. I mean, I think it's an amazing take on the hero's journey. On Roy's you know, going to love that. Uh, yeah. A trope that, that we're all familiar with. You know, we have been since the Greeks, you know, way back when. But um, in the form of a space opera, yes. And I mean, it's amazing. It's 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 hard to even describe. I mean, you take you know the, the classic story of this little kid basically has no idea what's going on, lives in his little corner of the world, and all of a sudden there's a whole galaxy out there, and he gets to save it. And along the way, we get to meet you know R two D two and Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. Um, I mean. It hit people. It was massive. It was like one of the very first blockbusters. Like literally, people lined up around the block to get in and see this movie. They um, created blockbusters. It was right? a yeah. game changer. Yeah, it was. It was I have huge. a I have a great story. So one of my wife's really good friends, her dad uh, took a date to see Star Wars, mm-hmm. and he was so blown away by what he just saw. He just was wide eyed, open mouth, walked out, and left his date. Because he just totally forgot he was on a date. Did and he get fun, date? Was, No, he did not. But five minutes later, he's all, oh my gosh, what have I done? I left my date in the movie theater. Because he was just so taken aback by what he just saw. I mean, and you think of like the special effects. And especially yeah. sci-fi. Because sci-fi back then was just super, super nerdy. Yeah. I mean, it's Star Wars did for sci-fi what Lord of the Rings did for fantasy. Ooh, right? Yes. Like fantasy was kind of nerdy. Yeah. But now fantasy, I mean, you have Game of Thrones because of Lord of the Rings. And sure. people are reading fantasy GLT. books. Brandon Were Sanderson. you at GOT fans? Yeah, so... Um, you had something that was super nerdy and and now you made it available to the masses yeah. and and because they were so low budget mm-hmm. I honestly believe that they really had to to think of just innovative ways for doing the special effects and the sound yep. yes. and you have these people who were hired who were, this is their one of their first gigs I believe oh yeah and so, so it's yeah. like okay I'm gonna make it I had I it's up to me Mm-hmm. to figure it out and I want to make it good because this is my first starting out I mean Industrial Light Magic was started because to do Star Wars yep. and then it what revolutionizes everything, everything. I, I mean the Pixar sound yep. the, yeah I mean like, everything if you trace back like all the great things that exist now in the movie industry yeah how so much, much of those go back to, to, to this Island. one yeah movie, right? and was, I, don't, I don't think John Williams was the, I mean he did Jaws and Steven Spielberg used him a little bit he was getting big but he, he was getting big but it wasn't like wasn't John, John Williams, Williams. Yeah. yeah so this was yeah this was the one for him well, yeah. I gotta say though one of the coolest things about it like I studied film in my undergrad and uh twice here folks <laughs> but like when you do that like you're on a shoestring budget you got to make something that you know still moves people yeah. and it's still surprising in new ways i mean just trying to think of the special effects that they came up with that they built with like no money and oh i mean, I mean that first shot of the star destroyer right <laughs> yeah and just how massive well like, that like looks just on glued screen all these models together you're to gonna take like the thing. top 10 iconic shots ever in like the last oh, in, yeah. in movie in history yeah. yeah that's that's up there yeah. that's in the top and you 10. think of like the death star trench run yep and like and and looking at okay we're gonna study world war ii movies as mm-hmm. in world war ii flight mm-hmm. and then we're gonna now incorporate that into our action sequences i mean you look yep. at how the ships move they line and one by one they kind of flank off the x-wings i mean it was just mm-hmm. Yeah, when I think of like what things make this movie special, I think I think of two things that really stick out to me. One is is like we've just talked about a lot of really crazy complex things about it, yeah. but the simplicity of the movie. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it you mentioned it already, Stephen. It's it's like 
it's as simple as it's it's the hero's journey. It's what we've always had, right? I go to In-N-Out, I get the same burger every <laughs> <Yes>. time. <laughs> and Why? you're very because happy it, doing right? so, yeah. I'll take a twist on it every now and then, but this is another twist on the hero's journey that we already love. And, and But it's so simple. It's like the kid who, you know, who has a problem, and then he, he meets a friend, and you got like the Wookiee, right? You got the big <laughs> monster who's a friend. And, and it's not too complicated, like, but, but they choose complex um, choices, they make complex choices in the areas that, that they should. Where did they shoot? They went to these really cool places, right? And, and they shot. Yeah, the, the what? Uh, um, Tanzania? Tanzania, and then Lar, uh, Uncle Owen, yeah, the Lar, yeah. Lars, you know, yeah. homestead. Which is still there. You can go brain, visit brain it, right? here. Yeah, I mean, it was basically, I think, like a hotel. Star Wars has always been able to make, make yeah. like, create other worlds with our world. Isn't that yeah. cool? I just love that. And then the other thing I think about that made it good is is, is John Williams' music. Like, <laughs> I'm such a, I'm such like a... No, but it's true. If you had someone else... On, you, if you had someone else in the music, do you think Star Wars would be Star Wars? I would I say no. So. Yeah, I don't no. Think I mean, that fanfare when the when Star Wars appears on the screen and it yeah. kind of goes away from you right. and that music starting and then the music going through the opening crawl, that's incredible. And then, you, and then the music, when you listen to the Death Star run, when you listen to the music of them saving Princess Leia, um, it it is perfect for the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, can you imagine doing anything differently? Yeah. Well, I think it's great to look at. I mean, I, th- I think this kind of goes back to the problems they had later with the prequels. It's because we were talking about like when you're forced to do things with what you have, right? Yeah. And it just it squeezes this creativity out of people. Where you can make something amazing, you know, and so you can, you have to rely on the music, so you know the music has to be awesome, right. and you have to rely on these special effects, so you know that's where you're going to put your time and your effort. Yeah. And um, I think the opposite happened when they had the prequel trilogy. I mean, he had basically an unlimited budget. Yeah. Yeah, it was all his money. Have, Very complex. It wasn't exactly. simple at all. Right? It was really complex. There's all the CGI, and I mean, it was still pretty cool. I mean, visually. I love the worlds that they created with, exactly. with the CGI and. But I mean, it just there prequels. wasn't that budget so the stress to like squeeze that creativity out of people and I really think that that's what made the big difference. Kind of the power of being broke, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's why nothing cool. else quite matches up to A New Hope in so many yeah. ways. No, but, yeah, New Hope's my favorite Star Wars movie. An interesting like uh, kind of theme that we can look at in A New Hope that's different from the other movies mm-hmm. with A New Hope and I said simplicity already mm-hmm. but it's like if you think about it it, it was very much good versus evil, as simple as that. Yes. Black versus white, right? Yep. And I think that's why we like it. I think in the learning process, when we when we um, accept new things into our lives, we see them very simply. We can't understand the complexities of things. And so that's what Star Wars does for us. It introduces us to like, hey, here's a good versus evil battle. You have the white dressed Leia versus the black dressed. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And, yeah. and, and Luke Jeez. is just, but then what happens in you know the next episode? It's like, nah, nah, bro, right. this is a little more complicated. He's your dad. And Luke wears gray outfits. He wears gray in that one, then he wears black in the next yeah. one. But yeah. I just think it, it, it was it's an easy it's an easy you know feast for us. It's, it's easy to consume because it's so simple and it's yeah. going. No, I was just saying, it's so cool with the new. I mean. It's such a good introduction, like you said. It's so simple. You start this little corner of the galaxy. You have yep. this good versus evil, but it introduces us into the Star Wars galaxy, which is massive. I mean, oh, later yeah. you get to meet characters like Boba Fett and Jango Fett and the Huts, and yeah. I mean, there's just it's so rich in everything. It really is very complex. You know what happens on this planet over here yes. affects what happens in the Galactic Republic, and 
and uh, Galactic Senate, I mean, and everything. And it's uh, so it's a great introduction, but it's just it's just this doorway to this well, world that we're obsessed with. Obviously, we're doing yeah. like a podcast. Yeah. Here, right? Well, think how cool it is, right? So, what's going on in this story? You have an empire that's going through a civil war with rebels. That is a result of this Jedi who were wiped out, and there's now this is force, and now we have lightsabers. And all this is going on when we start the movie. Yep. So you would think like so many times now movies will just build this up and you know go through half the movie explaining it and then no, you kind of go into it. it. We're in no, it. we have starts. a crawl and the we're masked. Opening we're crawl. Into opening crawl and that's it. And we know, yeah, there's this big super weapon. We've wholly totally missed. I mean, they made a whole movie out of finding the Death Star plans. That's one little line in this crawl, yeah. right? But how brilliant is it that all this is going on and as soon as we're like. The Star Destroyer comes on and Darth Vader enters. We know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And all uh, Obi-Wan has to do is, oh, yeah, the Force. It moves around us and it binds us. And, oh, your dad used to be a Jedi. This guy named Darth Vader killed him. Oh, here's a lightsaber. Like, we know exactly what's happening. And it's funny because some people uh, argue against the storytelling of George Lucas and a lot of the dialogue right. in A New Hope. But really? I would argue... arguers about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I... I think it's incredible that all this complexity really is going on in just this episode yeah, and yeah. backstory yeah. that we don't really need to go into because we know what's happening in this movie got engaged into it. I thought that that's a really cool piece that, that's, that's cool. of A New Hope. You bring that up like the, the crawl. You just made me think like think about any other quote-unquote crawl that is in any other movie. Like usually they bring up black type, a black screen, and then you have yep. like white letters, and it's like it's static. The letters, it's it's static. And how what a piece of brilliance! Now and sometimes about. it's like long, and you're like, I didn't read all that before it disappeared. <laughs> yeah, go back. No, Star Wars introduces it by like the story's beginning now. Yes, and you're reading it, and it's moving, and you're moving with it. Yep. And sure. yeah, I, I never. But thought that about was that. one of the things I wanted to talk about earlier when we talked about cinematography and like yeah. how it changed things, like. That just blew people's mind because it came in, it scrolled through, it was going at this angle, yeah, right? Like, so you're like floating across yeah. it through the galaxy or something. And it wasn't just... shaky. No, I mean, maybe yeah. it wasn't. I mean, now we have the updated <laughs> version, but I don't believe it being shaky. <laughs> right. But I mean, and that just blew people's minds from the first moment. Like the screen comes on a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And then you get uh, this Which is crawl. the best line. It just uh, I get the chills every yeah, time. Like everything, yeah. you're like, wait, there's all this backstory I don't even know about. And then you get just the information you need to plow into this story yep. that's... Yeah. yeah, and don't get me wrong, it has its flaws, but like I just can't see them, and I don't know what they are. <laughs> people, people tell me that they're flaws. I just I don't. So I hear. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking yeah. about. But anyways, I, I, we, should, yeah. we can we can go on for hours about this, but that's all we got for you guys yep. today, right? Yeah. So uh, hey, Stephen, thank you for coming on the show and being a guest. Thank you, Stephen. It was an honor. We, hey, we loved having you. So. I, th I think we're going to get you know feedback from our listeners that we need you more often. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> We'd love to have you more often. So, so it's up to you, listeners. It's up to you. Will you bring Stephen back? <laughs> <laughs> that's all, uh, all right. That's all we have. May the force be with you all. Okay. Take care. Later.